expanded these last five years or more. The two you are watching risk death and worse any time they attempt to fulfil their traditional duties. So instead, they will simply finish up their drinks, pay their tab, and wander off into the night. Perhaps you'll catch a glimpse of their smiles as they reassure each other that the Greatcoat's Lament is just one of those stories told by travellers in front of a warm fire on a cold night. That even if it had once existed, no one alive today would have the faintest idea of how to inflict it. But they, and you, would be wrong. For you see, I have it on extremely good authority that the Greatcoat's Lament is very real and that it is even more painful and terrible than even the most horrifying stories made out. I would tell you more, but unfortunately, the good authority I mentioned is me. My name is Falcio Valmond, one of the last of the king's greatcoats, and if you listen very carefully, you might still be able to hear me screaming. Chapter 1 The Waiting Game I can count on one hand the number of times in my adult life when I've awakened peacefully and happily, without either fear of imminent death or sufficient annoyance to make me want to murder someone else. The morning four weeks after Patriana, Duchess of Havor, had poisoned me was not one of those times. He's dead! Despite the fog clogging my head and dulling the sounds in my ears, I recognised Brasty's voice. He's not dead, said another, slightly deeper voice. That one belonged to Kest. The light thump-thump of Brasty's footsteps on the wooden floor of the cottage grew louder. Usually he comes out of it by now. I'm telling you, this time he's dead. Look, he's barely breathing. A finger prodded at my chest, then my cheek, then my eye. You might be wondering why I didn't simply stab Brasty and go back to sleep. First, my rapiers were ten feet away, lying on a bench next to the door of the small cottage we occupied. Second, I couldn't move. Stop poking at him, Kest said. Barely breathing still means alive. Which is another thing, Rusty said. Neafa's supposed to be fatal. I imagined him wagging his finger at me. We're all happy you survived it, Falcio, but this lying about each morning is highly inconvenient behaviour. One might even call it selfish. Despite my repeated attempts, my hands refused to reach out and wrap themselves around Brasty's throat. The first week after I'd been poisoned, I'd noticed a slight weakness in my limbs. I moved more slowly than usual. Sometimes I'd try to move my hand, and it would take a second before it would obey. But instead of getting better, the condition had gradually worsened and I found myself imprisoned in my own body for longer and longer each morning after I awoke. A hand on my chest pressed down with a great deal of pressure. Brasty was leaning on me. But Kest, I think you have to agree that Falcio is largely dead. There was another pause, and I knew Kest was considering the matter. The problem with Brasty is that he's an idiot. He's handsome and charming, he can outshoot any man or woman with a bow, and he's an idiot. Oh, you wouldn't think so at first. He's a fine conversationalist, and uses many words that sound like the sort of words smart people use. He just doesn't use them in the right context, or even the right order. 
The problem with Kess, though, is that while he is extremely intelligent, he thinks that being philosophical requires giving any idea due consideration, even if it's utterly nonsensical, and being uttered by the aforementioned idiot. I suppose, Kest said finally, and then redeemed himself marginally by adding, but wouldn't it be more correct to say he's somewhat alive? More silence. Did I mention that the two fools in question are my best friends, fellow greatcoats, and the men I was counting on to protect me in case the Lady Trin picked that precise moment to send her knights after us? I suppose I should get used to calling her Duchess Trin now. After all, I'd killed her mother, Patriana. Yes, the one who'd poisoned me. In my defence, I was trying to protect the king's heir at the time. I suspect that's the real source of Trin's grievance with me, as the presence of a genuine monarch gets in the way of her scheme to take the throne for herself. He's still not moving.